Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes, 45 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, the FDA authorizes the Pfizer booster, but there's more to that story than meets the headline. Am I right? There is a little bit more to that story. The Biden administration got even more of what it wanted with this authorization because they were originally saying that they wanted to make this booster shot. This is the Pfizer vaccine, as you said. They wanted to make it available eight months after the second shot was received. Well, the FDA said, you know what? We'll do you two months better. Let's make it available to people six months after the second shot has been received. This is a problem because there's not enough time to investigate the way that these shots are affecting people's bodies. It's only been six months. People come down with ailments that might have been caused by the vaccine. Maybe they haven't been. But for instance, let's say someone develops some sort of lung problem after receiving the vaccine and it happened maybe a couple of months afterwards. It can't be definitively determined to be caused by the vaccine, but it also can't be ruled out, especially because research has since come out that has linked the vaccine in rare cases to similar lung problems as someone might be having. What does this person do now that they're at the six-month mark, month mark, and now they're going to be getting pressured by all, the, all their doctors to get the booster shot when the problems they're experiencing right now could very well have been caused by the original vaccines? Well, it's right in the FDA approval document for Comirnaty, which is legally distinct from Pfizer. I don't, still don't understand when that other shoe is going to drop. Uh, but they say in there, it's a 30-page approval document. I encourage people to read it. And in the end, I think there are seven or eight studies they call for that are multi-year studies, which include looking into carditis, myocarditis, pericarditis. As we know, there have uh, studies came out of England that young men or teen boys are six times more likely to be hospitalized by the vaccine than by actually COVID. So that could be what prompted that continuing investigation. And also vaccine-enhanced respiratory disease is highlighted as something that needs further investigation. So when I look at that stuff, and it actually in the FDA approval document says that we want years more of information, I ask, how can you actually give informed consent? And I will say something about your problem, which is what you're saying, which is that there's this there's this phenomenon that if it's not forbidden, it's mandated. So if you they're like, OK, you can't get this shot. But then the second you, you do get the shot, you have to get the shot, whether that's actual legal requirements. I'm not really saying that, but the coercion, the idea that just because something is permitted, it's required, it's a slippery slope and it shouldn't be. It's It completely negates any kind of free will or personal agency. It's really, but it's where we are right now. Yeah, it's worrisome. People are going to be getting shots that were negatively affected by it. They just didn't discover it yet or they don't understand the way it's impacting them yet. They're trying to force these things through before you can even really analyze the results that we might get from the first round. Under the FDA's emergency use authorization, four main groups of people are going to be eligible for these booster shots. People 65 and over, people 18 to 64 who are at high risk of severe case of COVID-19 if they get sick, people 18 to 64 who are at 
at a higher risk of getting COVID at work, such as healthcare workers and teachers, and people 18 to 64 who are at a higher risk of getting COVID-19 because of where they live, such as those in prison and other institutions, you know, where they typically experiment on people in the past anyway. I was going to say, like, the, the, why, I would like to see the studies that, claim, that prove that these people are at higher risk. We saw, I think it was in Ohio, where they deliberately suppressed the information that not a single person had gotten sick in when they opened the restaurants from the restaurants. And also what really bothers me, and this is just a glaring item of concern, is that they will authorize the vaccine to the higher risk populations. But it seems to me that the higher risk populations from COVID are also the higher risk populations from the vaccine because it seems like it's basically the same thing. And those higher risk populations were not involved in the phase two and phase three studies. Yeah, it's a bit concerning. It is. Byron sent me some great emails. He always does. He's like my open. He's like my uh, crowd sourced research. He's a smart guy. He's super smart, and his and I have to like read his emails. Those people say this about me. I have to read his <laughs> emails a couple of times, and they're always grammatically perfect. So I have to like. He means what he says, so I've got to like read it and and read it. You know, you gotta, like and, brew a cup of coffee and sit down, really he, process. Yes. So the latest, one of the the latest things Byron sent me was this article about, it said Biden suggests, recommends that the troops who don't get vaccinated are dishonorably discharged, which is totally offensive because that's not dishonorable and they won't get their VA benefits and all that. So, but Byron pointed out that there is going to be an issue not just with the soldiers who are already in the military who don't want to get the COVID vaccine. So it's not, they get a lot of vaccines, but there were always this conventional format. Now this thing is like a gene therapy and that is making people nervous. Plus it hasn't been out around a long time. I already had a rule about pharma that I don't take stuff that hasn't been around long enough to see if it has real impact on the population because I just don't trust those studies. They've been wrong too many times and they're simply not as robust as being in the general population. So he said, but the new, they were all not going to be able to recruit as many people. They're only going to be able to recruit from a pool of vaccinated people. Does that mean there aren't going to be enough soldiers? Are they then going to have a draft? If they draft you, do they get to force you to become vaccinated? But I'm not sure. Like, I think that they're that that made me think that that industry, just like so many others, that you can be vaxxed and stay or you can be unvaxxed and not work at all in that industry. And they will take that percentage of the workers and either reduce their workforce because they really don't need that many people already or use it as an excuse to replace them with technology. So I think maybe it's the robo soldier that's coming to to replace them. Yes, the robo soldier that will remove them from the site, force them to get vaccinated if they don't go and then take it, take everybody's job. And with the military, we talked on we were guests on a podcast the other day and we did talk a little bit about America's shrinking position on the global stage. And I think this could be part of that if you try and force something on a group of people that are less likely to accept it than maybe others, like perhaps people in the military, then you're going to drive people out of there. And you're going to also prevent people who might otherwise have joined the military from joining, which is going to weaken the power of the military and perhaps demoralize segments of it. 
See, I think that was Byron's point, but I I don't think so. I think what it is is that it'll give the uh, it'll give the military cover for replacing what used to be human beings with consciences to to drones and robots and stuff. Like I think that they 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 want an excuse like that. Just like I think the stock the dock workers got themselves uh, priced out of their jobs and and now there are no dock worker jobs and it was the greatest technological advancement in modern history was to replace them with those container ships you know now I, that you I, say I that argue. this over the site or over the target program whatever it's called that sent the drones over to afghanistan that killed the innocent civilians and children that could be justification for all right we need to definitely improve this technology tenfold to make sure this doesn't happen again and we could see just supercharged army drones as though they don't already have those, but <laughs> the technology that they have on these things is pretty unbelievable. It just gives them cover, you know? Yeah. Always looking for a good cover. Well, such as. You know, you, <laughs> you've written New York Face City's diaper. MTA, correct? The Metropolitan Transit, Transit Authority. Authority. Yeah. Well, they have had enough. They are sick and tired of passengers on their buses and trains and all their other public transportation not wearing masks, not following the rule that you have to wear a mask when you ride New York City public transportation. So they're taking a stand and they have made an announcement that the warnings are over. If you are caught not wearing a mask on a New York public transportation system, you will be fined $50. That's a pretty expensive trip on the subway indeed. And the MTA chief, Officer Patrick Warren, said that we know this is what our customers want. They told us that they feel safe when they see other fellow customers wearing masks and that it's an ultimate sign of respect to wear a mask. And they don't want people having to worry about stepping on the subway train and fearing what's going to happen to them because they're inside a little tiny compact space with half the train not wearing masks. This is some of the complaints that people brought up. And MTA officials have also come out and assured concerned passengers that they are still free to use the inside of the city's train car as a public toilet. Just don't get caught peeing without wearing a mask. Oh my gosh. Um, well, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. You must wear a mask on the dirtiest transportation system possibly in the world. These things are <laughs> filthy. Are they? I haven't been in the New York subway in a long time, but ever since Giuliani and Bloomberg made it a basically Nazi, Nazified city. And I used to tell my friends when they like not through the legislative process banned smoking. I was like, they're they're coming for your coffee or your soda or whatever. I didn't even know they were coming from the air you breathe. There was a video a couple of weeks ago of a guy walking down the steps, going up to one New York subway car passing by a janitor who was cleaning the floor. The janitor turns the other way. The guy drops trowel and proceeds to do something very disgusting inside the janitor, the janitor's yellow soap bucket with everybody watching. This is the MTA who is requiring people to wear masks or pay 50 bucks. But you can still do that. I don't believe. Oh, I mean, if you saw it, I think it was my friend real. sends me videos all the time, and they are really? disgusting of the things really? that people do inside the MTA. He he just how does he happen to capture them all? He just walks around. He rides the subway all the time, and he's a late yeah. night guy, so he sees the craziest stuff. Oh yeah, late night. I could I could definitely see see that. Wow, that's crazy. So Stanford University, speaking of mask, 
has a recreation center. I loved the recreation center when I was in college. I used to go there, play basketball for hours every single day. Don't know if I would have done it if these were the conditions. They are requiring students to wear masks while playing basketball. They posted this to the website of the university's Recreation and Wellness Center homepage. Please help us keep the basketball courts open and wear your mask on the courts. This includes keeping your nose and mouth covered other than briefly drinking water. If players do not abide, we will cancel Open Recreation Basketball League to be in compliance with the indoor mask policy. We do understand that breathing heavily is uncomfortable in a mask. Please adapt your intensity as needed or go play outside. This is dangerous. Oh, yeah. Didn't you hear about the Chinese kids? Like some of them died when they started playing on the playground with masks on. I believe it. Basketball is an intense sport sprinting back and forth stopping going it is if you if you play basketball you play hard and to think that your face is going to be covered partially people are going to be passing out all over stanford's court yeah i actually this made me think about a i, I was I, I was before i saw the story I, I this morning i was just thinking about the whole the that the model for society for social control has been war for thousands of years and it's changing now it's turn it's going to the pandemic thing and sports was a representation of war and a model for the social control as a way of kind of carving those pathways into the minds of young kids to accept that that was the way that that binary thing was the way the world was structured and all of that now there's a, the, the world is structured in a different way. And I was trying to think, what are they going to replace it with? Are they going to replace it with social work? Are they going to replace it with drama? Like, what are they going to replace the role that sports has played in kind of priming the young mind for the way, for the social control mechanism? And I'm not sure. Maybe they're going to phase it out entirely. Maybe they're going to transform it. But this idea of wearing a mask so that so that's that's bad for you. So sports used to be good for you. Now they'll be bad for you. It it you can't be a leader, right? You're really just a follower. You cannot possibly. It's gonna and there are other things too, like the transgender thing it, in the youth. See, that's the thing. The transgender thing as the kids in kids sports is really kind of out there because girls clearly cannot play at the same level as boys in high school, and women and men can't either. But how much of the transgender thing is kind of borderline in adolescence? Like there's a thing called like that dysmorphia that the pediatric association, I'm sure they'll change their recommendation, but always said like, absolutely do not, don't change a person's life because of that. And this is why some people who go too quickly into a uh, transgender surgery or whatever, like there's a very high rate of suicide among the post-op people. And I, I just feel like there were a few things. So the opposite, so this pandemic thing, it is now about like you wear a mask for other people, right? It's not about your choice. You vaccinate. Well, why can't you just choose whether to vaccinate or not? because of other people. You affect them in the hospital. You affect them in the subway. So now our, our, our model for social uh, control is forcing people to to do things that are one degree or two degrees away from like kind of cause and effect that you can actually verify. You have to like reach out. You have to nurture. Mental illness is a big part of it. And, and these are now that you have 
um, you know, everybody gets a trophy or you're out because of your COVID testing. COVID testing is a big part of sports now. And they and they and I just heard on the radio for the first time testing clean. He didn't test clean for COVID, even though he was vaccinated. Test clean, like as if you did something wrong, but it's yeah, still dirty. It's a surveillance mechanism. And it used to be just 100 percent objective. You catch the ball. It's your ball. You got the last out. You're the hero. It doesn't matter. You could be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger. You catch that ball and you're the, you're the man. But now, like Simone Biles was the hero for um, mental, for, for acknowledging her mental illness and not even trying to catch the ball. So there's just a lot of things that are happening in sports That's that mirror how they're trying to control us, control us in the world. We have this responsibility to other people. And that's the opposite of sports. Are they going to get rid of sports? Are they going to opposite-ify sports? So like the heroic thing to do is to take yourself out of the battle and acknowledge the mental problems that are preventing you from performing. Yeah, and what if there are racial advantages, like golf, too many white guys in golf? Like, So yeah. should the best white guy step aside... And give so his position, like the CEOs are doing in some companies. Yeah, that's interesting. There was a player at a baseball game the other day that was taking, taken out of the game in, in like the second inning of the game because of a, a COVID positive test. How do you test positive in the middle of a baseball game and then get removed? It's utterly ridiculous. Utterly. <laughs> utterly. So I did also notice, and maybe this goes with that sports will take a backseat that or that they're being transformed. I mean, maybe being fit isn't going to be a part of sports. They said obesity is uh, through the roof because of COVID. And of course, I believe it. Like my um, weight and fitness absolutely took a tumble during and And when I finally realized like all of these problems were just because I wasn't moving around enough, wasn't eating right. And I'm totally on the road to correcting them all. But not everybody can snap back like that. Like we were talking yesterday a little bit about depression and stuff. And and it's more uh, evidence, in my opinion, anecdotal or one-off as it may be, that the whole lo- policy of lockdown, which we talked about in the first weeks of it, were highly regressive, bad for your health, likely never. I used to say all the time, where's the cost-benefit analysis? I, I don't live and die by the cost-benefit analysis, but these guys justify the technocracy, justifies everything it does by cost-benefit and by pragmatic considerations without any concern for individual rights or ideology. Okay, well, let's see your your cost-benefit analysis. And I'm, I'm, it looks to me like it, they're, it, the costs are very high. And sports dominated by fit people is discrim- discriminatory against unfit people. We've already seen Sports Illustrated remove fit women from the cover of their magazine and replace them with some pretty seriously unhealthy looking women in bathing suits on the cover. Yes. I mean, yes, I've been seeing a lot of ads like that, too. Just and it gets the. I wonder if like so some of the ads I've seen and it's annoying to me because I like tune into Prime to watch Scrubs because it's wholesome. Mm-hmm. So I mean it, it has wholesome. a little sex in it, but it's very wholesome. The values are good. And the and the intro, there's like always these 30 second ads. And it's like the ads have because it's Prime or HBO or whatever, they are they don't use any kind of um discretion discrimination at all about like the appropriateness so one ad that's happening right now is very it's like it's almost like a runway ad like a a, for like a fashion show but people are 
half naked, all grinding next to each other and like all like listening and sweaty and stuff. But the bodies, which used to be very um, like idealized sexually are not They're They're all sorts. They're even to the point where some have skin problems and everything. And I, I wonder if it's because the way they gave Obama phones to the homeless people they have to make sure that people who are not, quote, sexually attractive are still highly sexualized, highly um, distracted, diverted by that, even if it just gets them into a virtual world or something that they can relate to. I don't know, but they are they are making sure that everybody is because it gives you a superpower if you are not. I can't I don't look at Instagram and see those young girls are so cute and feel like bad about myself or my body. It's ridiculous. I have absolutely nothing in common with like a 20 year old blonde girl, like with no cares in the world. Like I'm not FOMOing her or anything. <laughs> you you'd have to put you'd have to put somebody up there who I can relate to. And yeah. and that is how you would suck me into just going that extra mile to do that extra thing. And I probably wouldn't even realize it until down the road a bit. But I think there's a lot to what's going on with the imagery now. You bring up an interesting point, not to get too off track, but I would, no, I would love fine. to hear it's, a it's, quick... It's effectively Friday because tomorrow <laughs> yeah. we have that great interview with Wayne Rohde. It was really and good. I'm actually, uh, yeah, I'm ready to let my hair down. So let's just dish. So they're doing the thing like the Sports Illustrated. You can put an obese person in a tiny bathing suit and put them on the cover of Sports of Sports Illustrated, but you cannot make men attracted to that. You can't force men to be attracted to that and buy that magazine. So they'll lose their, their primary audience and they'll be a very lessened demand and they'll eventually probably have to stop producing the magazine. Same thing is going to happen in television shows and all of the other areas of society where they are forcing these things that are not natural. Sex appeal is what sells for lingerie and Sports Illustrated. And if you take away the sex appeal, you're going to lose your business. So what happens then? They meet the ESG standards, but they have no more audience. This is the problem with conglomerates. And in the old days, a conglomerate, you know, in the, in the good times, a big company would just buy a bunch of little companies and just make it bigger. And then when there was an economic downturn, investors don't really like that because they need to invest in, they need to diversify their portfolios. And it's very hard to do that with an opaque kind of conglomerate. So the conglomerate can't really raise the money in the open market the way individual companies do. So they would break up in the in the downturns but when you have a lot of regulatory barriers or so so like if you have to have a big accounting for uh, uh office or a big regulatory office or a big health and safety office or whatever then then every little magazine can't have all that so all the magazines roll up and then even the magazines aren't big enough for that so then it has to be tv stations and they roll up and then who buys a TV station or whatever, maybe a pharmaceutical company will buy a TV station or an energy company will buy a TV station. So as you get to these bigger, 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 then you go to the World Economic Forum, you sit in on their meetings and they're like, hey, don't worry. You might like lose all of that, but you will gain all of this. You don't. And, and I looked at that when I was in the airport and they closed half the restaurants. And then the restaurant that there was one restaurant that was open, the food was disgusting. and It was absolutely filthy because that's what happens when you don't have real competition. And that's why this whole communist thing isn't going to work. You have this fantasy that you're going to you're going to be perfect. Not me have this fantasy, but they're selling you that you own nothing. You have no worries. You have everything you need. Your clothes are still white and crisp and you are happy. You're not happy because who there is no mechanism to enforce that cleanliness, to enforce those standards 
and it will be a filthy cinder block ridden place. And so they don't. So so if the little guy, the mom and pop entrepreneurship keeps the purity of responding to individual demands, whereas these regulation regulatory barriers to entry um, megalithic companies, global companies, they don't respond to that at all. They respond to Klaus Schwab. They respond to the chick who said, well, we'll we'll bring the airlines to their knees and then give them tax incentives to like it. Yeah, that's that's what they definitely will do. I'm sure that's coming. Or if I think they already got even just money directly subsidies. It's it's fascism, though. It's not. It really is. And I'm wondering at what point it's going to be discriminatory to marry someone attractive where you're going to have your spouse taken away. I'm wondering when Harvard will stop discriminating uh, uh, against people based on their intelligence. Even when I was there, I was like, you guys are so full of shit because all you want is money or people who will make you money and contribute later. And I don't care. But I, you know, I had a son with Down syndrome. I'm like, why can't he go to Harvard? There you go. All right. Well. Before we get to the final story of the Free 30, which is the latest news on the continuing saga of America's greatest artist, Hunter Biden. (laughs) I thought that was George W. Bush. Well, take a step back, (laughs) GW. We got Hunter Biden in the house. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the DNBXR. Is it true that if you hop on one foot and bark like a dog, you can't get the Delta variant? And... You've heard of Build Back Better, but have you heard of Built For Better? We'll tell you what that is in the DMB XR. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, True Hemp Science. True Hemp Science is your CBD expert. They offer a lot of fantastic products. The Acapulco Gold Lotion smells great, feels great t-shirts. They have all kinds of CBD products for all kinds of needs. And they are now offering the Propaganda Report community 40% off of a 10 milliliter bottle of number 23 full spectrum CBD MCT oil when you purchase any product for more than $43.99. Go to www.truehempscience.com slash propaganda report. The coupon should apply automatically, but just in case, use the code PROP23 and support us by supporting our great sponsors like True Hemp Science. The best part about it is they will answer any questions that you have and they will answer it personally and with a wealth of knowledge about the products that they sell. Truehempscience.com. We've also made a big move that we've been talking about. We're no longer posting the patron 45 every day. Don't get us wrong. We are still posting a 45-minute commercial-free drive-time news blast most every weekday, but it is no longer called the Patron 45 because it's not just for patrons anymore. We are now posting the full premium commercial-free DMB, now called, thanks to Monica, DMBXR. That's XR for extended release, not for X-rated. Get your mind out of the gutter. Though you do sometimes have to, it's a little X-rated. A little bit sometimes. A little bit. <laughs> so you do have to earmuff the kids every now and then because you don't know where it's going to go. But we are posting the full 45-minute commercial-free DMBXR on Rockfin Premium every time we post one to Patreon. So for $9.99 a month, you can get all of our premium drive time news blast content. That's the full 45 minute DMB XR that we post. And also our Rockfin only deep dives, as well as all of the other content, all the other great Rockfin creators post. It's a deal you don't want to miss out on. So check us out at rockfin.com slash propaganda report today. With that said, now on to the 
final story of the free 30. Hunter Biden just can't seem to keep himself out of the news these days. If it's not one thing, it's another. Well, it's official. We know now that the Hunter Biden laptop is legitimate. Had you been worrying that maybe it wasn't legitimate? (laughs) I did see a couple of those headlines come by and I actually checked the story. Yeah, to see, because it feels like it should have been like a year and a half ago. A year ago, I was like, wait, we knew this already. What are you talking about? Well, when it originally came out, despite the fact that there were videos of Hunter Biden smoking crack with prostitutes and revealing that he's (laughs) compromised by the Russians and images of him nude with who knows who else is in the photo doing drugs, despite the fact that he goes on Jimmy Kimmel's show and talks about doing the very activities he's filmed doing on the laptop, all of the reports in the media and the fact checkers were, no, 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 this has not been legitimized and it's likely a Russian disinformation campaign. So we can't verify this. But Politico, speaking about a new book called The Bidens that is coming out, they actually confirmed that a lot of the things that are on that laptop are true. Didn't it get the post booted from Twitter for a while? They were banned from Twitter for posting disinformation of Hunter Biden. But that's not the only Hunter Biden story we have in the news today. Did you know there's a Hunter Biden biopic in the works? Talk about XR. There's no telling. It's just, it's just going to be nothing but thing. him having sex with prostitutes while Russian drug dealers hang outside waiting for them to finish because that's essentially what he spends all his time doing. But the biopic, it might actually be pretty good. So they have their, they've cast their Hunter Biden. It's going to be Lawrence Fox. You know who this is? He's a 43-year-old British actor. I'm not familiar with him. I've, I've seen him, but I haven't seen his work. But he's going to be playing Hunter Biden in the biopic titled My Son Hunter. Speaking about the movie, the actor said that this is Hunter's story. Hunter's truth is finally going to be told. It's going to be primarily set in Ukraine. And this actor, Fox, has... Yeah, it's going to be set in Ukraine. Has he ever been to Ukraine? Hunter, I don't know. He's going to go there in this story anyway. I think this might actually be a story that is going to be criticizing Hunter Biden because this actor became a figurehead for the anti-woke right-wing movement in the UK recently because earlier this year he undertook a, quote, ill-fated campaign to become the next mayor of London, securing less than 2% of the vote. And he drew up a lot of controversy because of his right-wingness. But he said, I accepted this role not because of the politics. I found it a real page-turner filled with humor, astonishing revelations, tension, and drama. The script is brilliant, surreal comedy, made all the more surreal and funnier by the fact that all of it's true. He's a fascinating man, and his story is fascinating, too. And that does admin, sound good. It actually. really does. I'm, I'm interested in seeing this. <laughs> he said this film is important to push back against the creeping consensus, uh, the, the creeping monodramatic filmmaking. Well, at least we can say that a Hunter Biden biopic will not be monodramatic, should be very colorful. But Hunter Biden gets away with anything and it doesn't matter. I think that's the main takeaway of any Hunter Biden story. Yes. And what I, I saw another article, a headline in the wake of that today or yesterday, that also made me do a double take, which was it said something to the effect of selling access isn't just Hunter's sin, it's Joe's too, or something like that. And I was like, it's entirely Joe's sin because right. 
Hunter's only access is through Joe. Like it's what Joe taught him to do. Not just taught him to do, but it's my. It, it's always been my opinion. So Joe has this reprobate son, and he also has a reprobate brother, and they had a financial combination that was where they worked with. I forget the name of it. It was like Pyramid. It could be called Pyramid. That would be too much. Phoenix or Peacock or something. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I, I can find it real quick. But he with the uh, a fraudster who I believe was even bigger than Bernie Madoff. He didn't get, it was Andrew Stanford, I think, or not Andrew Stanford. Uh, the guy's name was Stanford. And he, I can find it in a second, but those guys, I, I just, it was very clear at that point that that Joe just has these guys do his dirty work because he can't put his name on it. But they're just, um, they can't be the masterminds because they're both total reprobates. So it's That's really an interesting a, word, reprobate. I like I like you that like word. That? What is it? I just I think that I, I love that word reprobate. I, I think that if you're if somebody's brother is reprobate and if somebody's son is reprobate, I think it's at least worth considering that maybe that person is not the black sheep and they are also just a little bit more refined reprobate. Yes, yes. So I think I actually think that he's a that Joe is really rather like masterful at like the corruption thing. When you dig into the Ukraine stuff, it was him and John Kerry were really, they were getting like billions. Giuliani's thing was just, he was just trying to draft in their wake. But the little combination that was on the board and doing all these deals were John Kerry's stepson, Joe's son, Whitey Bulger's nephew, and this other guy, Devin Archer, who was convicted in a fraud scheme and got out by a judge who was married to the number two on the Mueller investigation. I think her name was Ronnie Abrams. It was a crazy story. I mean, we it's hilarious. It really is. There's, we should, if I can, if I can find it, I'll do a blast from the past. I'll do a little Ukraine stuff blast from the past. Yeah, you covered those connections really well in the past. Really well. I made a couple of mistakes. One, one mistake I made was that I didn't, I just didn't understand exactly what they were after with the, with the, the on the run Burisma guy. I think, Garland actually cracked that code, but whatever. So these guys, it, it's it was the Stanford Financial Group Paradigm Global Paradigm Gro- Global. It was a fifty million dollar fund jointly branded between the Biden's Paradigm Global Advisors and a Stanford Financial Group entity. Yeah, uh, that's pretty messed up. So it just seems to me that these guys were just doing, they were just the cover for Joe. That they, I mean, all they had to do was kind of show up, which is why you can be a crackhead. You know, and not, and it's not that big a deal. It takes a lot of audacity to be Hunter Biden, just so boldly doing drugs and doing illegal things on camera and not caring and going to show your face on late night television and joking it off. And Hunter Biden's like an old mobster. Joking off? An old mobster. Joe Biden. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) Let me, uh, let me get back to where I was and maybe we can have a, tag nabbit. It is, it is almost so surreal, the level of corruption just, just in our face that if you wrote this whole Hunter Biden, Joe Biden stuff in a film script, and maybe this film will do that, that I feel like a producer would say, no, no, you got to do a rewrite. This is too unbelievable. It makes some of these things a little bit more subtle and not out in the open. But when you have a totally captive media, you don't have to get the details right. They, they I almost think they're training us to not... Pay attention to the details. Yeah. I wonder if 
people in North Korea and other countries look at us the way that we look at North Korean citizens, because we look at them and say those poor people are so propagandized. I wonder if other citizens of other countries see us that way. Oh, boy, we sure are, though. I mean, we really are. That's the that's the scary part about it is that and I've always claimed that the reason that we are are so gullible is that we were truly raised to believe in the free press. Well, whereas people who were raised in the USSR, China can't possibly think they have a free press. It, what's an even bigger coup is that the British think they have a free press <laughs> when the press is actually openly owned by the government. <laughs> That's know? right. BBC. Yeah. It's like a war propaganda. It was established for war propaganda. All right. I think that wraps up for for today's show, unless you have anything else before we get out of here. No, uh, I don't. All right. Well, you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform under the Propaganda Report podcast feed. And if you want access to that DMBXR, the all-new DMBXR, you can go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and join up there through our page. You can also get access to it at patreon.com slash propaganda report. Check it out. Have a fantastic weekend and rest of your day. We will drop a great interview for you tomorrow. We will talk to you all next week. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Brad. <laughs>